This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford of San Francisco, and Albert Curley are here to build you up to the FA Cup fixture. We're in the fourth round, lads. We scored a goal, and we've somehow made it through. And it's the monkey hangers of Hartlepool that are coming to visit Sellers Park. Albert, what, what the fuck does monkey hangers mean? Well... It's not a craft beer before you get all excited. <laughs> I mean, I would drink it. Well, we know that. Well, yeah, for, for, for listeners that don't know, I mean, I can't believe we alluded to it before we start recording. I can't believe it's not been made into a film. But the the nickname comes from, I think it was in like the 18th or 19th century or something. Uh, off the coast of Hartlepool, there was a, what was suspected to be a, like a French... I'm going to say Navy ship that was like clearly in distress and sinking. Uh, some people went out to see if there was any survivors. And the only, the only thing they found on board was a little monkey in a, in a Navy uniform <laughs> reportedly. <laughs> and nobody from Hartlepool had ever, had ever met a French person before. So they thought that was a French like spy and so they arrested it, interrogated it, obviously trying to get it to, you know, reveal what what it was doing, why it was there. Obviously, it's a monkey; it can't really talk. <laughs> and so, because it because it didn't comply, uh, you know, it exercised its right to, you know, remain silent. You know, as <laughs> is. So they 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 publicly hung the poor little thing. And so that's for, so that's why they're called the monkey hangers. That's way darker than I thought it was going to be. What, kind of they're, the... called mon- they're called monkey hangers. Like, there's no... <laughs> what, what did you think it was going to be? Forget how they got there. I just thought it was a monkey hanging from something. I didn't, like... I thought you were going to yes, tell me... from the I... fucking news. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me it was hanging from the mast of the ship as it went down or something. I didn't realise. No. No, I mean... I. 
the, I don't know why it would be in a little navy French navy uniform. That seems that seems a that seems a bit of a stretch. Um, but yeah, I mean, and even if it could talk, it would have been French anyway, so it wouldn't have been able to. You know, the interrogation was a waste of time. Would it have been ooh 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 la la? Oh shit! <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Come on, I'm having all of that. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? So, alert, I don't have a beer. I'm sick again. Um, I'm putting it down to the pandemic, messing up with my um, immune system. So I'm on hot toddies again. So (laughs) I'm going to be steaming by halfway through this. Heskiff, you went for Cantonar's beer. It doesn't have Cantonar in it anymore. I wouldn't have it in the house if it did. I had a can of Cronenberg, which even Albert's turning his nose up at. So I feel like I'm going to get proper abuse on the BBS about well, my it, beer drinking. Albert's never recovered from his mate not getting the beers when they were teenagers. <laughs> yeah, the Cronenberg 1066. Battle of Hastings <laughs> special. Um, I was, I was, it's taken so long to record, I was drinking a... And is it an Angelo Peretti, which sounds like a bad tribute to Bira Moretti, but it's actually nicer. Yeah. Um, but I've run out and we're recording now, so I can't go for the top up. Cool. So what we've been up to, Heskiff, um, I hear you went to a gig and a young person looked up and said, oh, there's some old people here. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> way to start the week off. I was stood and, in the freezing, and the freezing cold. <laughs> uh, I was stood in the freezing cold. In North London, so I was always. Was there a draft? Totally happy. Was there? Was anyway? Was it on on draft? (laughs) This is terrible. Uh, And yeah, some some girl walked past on her phone, literally looked me dead in the eye, and went, "Oh wow, there's actually older people here." Older, that's fine, isn't it? Yeah, don't be so sensitive. How old? Well, how old was she? Roughly. Teenager. Right, so there you go. Just... Yeah, but You're to a teenager, there. 40 years old, isn't it? Were you seeing Ariana Grande or something? <laughs> I wasn't, although she's quite good. Who were you seeing? Uh, I was seeing a guy called uh, Mustafa the Poet. He is... Is it a wrestler? It's not a wrestler. He's... Oh. I, I, I guess it's folk, that's what I'm told to call it, but that makes it sound a bit rubbish. I Just mean, it's, it. It, sounds really like a, it sounds like a gig that only old people would be out, to be honest. Uh, no, I think <laughs> me, me and Vanessa were like, I don't oh, want to say the easy, oldest people. Easy, there. easy. <laughs> don't bring um, age into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was good. It was good. It was fun. I just didn't like getting mugged off and being in North London whilst it happened. It's not fun. Outrageous. Um, Albert, what you been up to? Two weeks, been a long time. I feel like the world, the entire world, has changed since. Why? What's happened? It's same old shit for me, mate. I no, I don't <laughs> know. Uh, uh, January's just gone, man, and mm. I'm glad it's gone because there's been a lot of a lot of January drama, uh, which I won't go into. But yeah, I'm glad it's I'm glad it's fucked off. Did you? Uh, how did dry January go? Was it only Mill that done you in, or you know full well how it went? <laughs> um... <laughs> oh, 
Oh dear. Millwall, Millwall was the. I was going to say it was the straw that broke the camel's back, but it, what was that like? January the seventh <laughs> or something like. It, I make it sound like I lasted longer than I did. I've I've definitely cut down. You know, it's been drier, a bit like Sam. It, yeah, it wasn't a dry January. It was a drier January. You know, Sam's not old. He was just older. <laughs> nice. Um, I went to Bristol Rovers last weekend, or just gone. Um, Bristol Rovers against uh, Walsall in League Two. Um, best mate's dad celebrating his 50th anniversary, I think I said on the last pod, of supporting Bristol Rovers. So we had a box and all of that. Um, fuck me, the standard was awful. <laughs> it was I, real, real bad. I think I think the question that's on both our lips, Albert and I, is what temperature was the rice pudding and how was the coolie? Oh, it was actually the, the food was probably better than it was in a box at Palace, to be honest. It was like a some sort of like beef stroganoff type thing. Um, so new potatoes, the lot like green beans. It was all right. Um, got in trouble for drinking Jameson's in view of the pitch. <laughs> Just shut your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But it was, you know, it was it was very interesting. They put on a great day for him, and um, the owner came up, who guest of honor with him was Alex McLeish. Weirdly, um, yeah, it was a very strange day. They had a Bristol Rovers legend who no one would have heard of because I knew a guy called Paul Randall, who's one of their top scorers all the time, was in the box with us. Um, yeah, it was a really good day. And Rovers scored a ninety-first minute winner, so. Oh. Good day all round, uh, and good to well, see I'm... some lower level football as well. You know. None, yeah, well, none, I... none, none of this passing out from the back shit. <laughs> well, you say that. I went to see uh, Wealdstone FC versus Notts County last Tuesday. And uh, Notts County, I can't remember the manager's name, but he's he's Graham, you know, Graham Potter's protege. Notts County were uh, very much trying to play it out from the back. And, and lost 4-0, uh, giving it away four it, times. <laughs> yeah, didn't work. It was a shit nil-nil. It was awful. <laughs> Um, yeah, did you see um, the Wheelstone Raider? Was he there patrolling? He might have been there. There was a lot. What, what I loved about it was I was in the I was in the away end. I went with a friend who's a Knotts fan, and we were sort of like not in the corner, but a little bit down from the corner along the touchline. And there must have been there was a gate that we were next to, and then there must have been about literally eight feet, and then there was another gate, and then the home fans were there, and there was just there was just like. Uh, a Knotts fan and a Wheelstone fan literally just telling each other to like fuck off but <laughs> but no louder than I am speaking to you now because they were just that close it's like fuck are you fuck off you fuck off <laughs> fucking <laughs> and, cre- and, and credit to him the turnstiles in the away end was uh, a hollowed out shipping container with a little makeshift turnstile in there which I was quite impressed by it was um it was low key but um quite interesting and I have to say, the food, the 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 the, the three old deers knocking the burgers out in the van inside the ground, way better than anything you get at Palace. Some jokes in there somewhere. I'm going to let them go. So, in one of your future movies, we're going to see a hollowed out um, fishing container. Are we getting getting some inspiration? Done it already, mate. If you watch, uh, <laughs> if you watch Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> 
and he was just playing the lead, the fishing container in that one, was he? Um, uh, <laughs> no, we've had a, um, your birthday, obviously, we talked about in the last pod, Heskiff, but we, mm. listeners would be pleased to know, we got the message through from Clinton Morrison. He waited to the last minute, came up, came up Trump's, didn't he, Albert? He did. All right, so we're, we're going to play it for you now, have a listen. Right. Tucson, I've been asked to send you a message from Terence and Albert. So I just want to wish you a happy birthday. I hear you're part of the Back of the Nest podcast, which I've been on a couple of times and I've really enjoyed it. So keep up the good work. I hear you're turning the big 40 soon. So have a great birthday. I remember when I turned 40, it was a great occasion. Life begins at 40, mate. So make sure you enjoy yourself as much as you can. I hear you're a massive comic. Um, book fan and a Spider-Man fan. Well, now you get to 40, mate, you need to grow up a bit more now and, you know, have, be a fan of something else. I heard recently you asked for a photo outside Sellers Park for me, which I probably probably did let you have, but you're 40 now and you've got a massive great beard, so you shouldn't be asking for pictures with me outside Sellers Park. <laughs> I had to do that joke, mate. I apologise. And I, also another thing, I hear you never predict a win for Palace on the preview podcast. So that means I'm starting to think now, you might be a secret Brighton fan. I hope that's not true, mate. I hope you're not a Brighton fan. I hope you're Palace, Palace through and through, the Super Eagles. Keep supporting Palace. Um, have a great birthday, mate. Happy 40th. And if you are a Brighton fan, then I will never speak to you again or come back on the podcast. All the best, mate. Take care. Hope you have a great time. <laughs> We only asked him to do a couple of those jokes. The Brighton stuff, he just added in himself. <laughs> I, ju- I just say, could you just wish Sam happy birthday? That's all I wanted. And he's... <laughs> Somehow he remembered you from having the picture outside. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what, what, an, what an introduction into my 40th year, being absolutely Four- mugged off by my favourite player. 40, 41st year. 41st year. Fuck you. Uh... Yeah, being absolutely mugged off by uh, one of my favourite players of all time. So I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, brilliant. By the way, by, by the way, Sam, we went we were going three ways on that. So you owe me about eighteen quid. So. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> oh, shit, I still I need to send you some money for that. Uh, we'll we'll sort that out after. Uh, <laughs> Clinton Morrison was on um, Sky Sports doing deadline day stuff the other day. Um, and there was, I can't even remember his name off the top of my head now, but a former Glasgow Rangers player. And he was trying to mock Clinton about Ramsey choosing Rangers over Palace. Did you see this, Heskiff? I did, yeah. Chris, Chris Boyd. Boyd yeah, nice. Um, went yeah, to town. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> he did. He basically was like, you know, if Palace played Rangers, we beat him easily. Uh, we They'd want five or six of our players. He had like a really dismissive, like a wave of the hand, like piss off, mate. And then mm. was just like, next, carry on. <laughs> Great. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Um, so, what we got going on? Kiate. Albert, Senegal in the final again. Second AFCON running. Um, not sure. who Egypt, Who's in the other semi? Egypt and... Cameroon. Cameroon, the hosts Cameroon. So, mm-hmm. begin. Mane versus Sada in the final. But... um. Palace player could bring out bring home a trophy this season, Albert. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, but then everyone says he's leaving, so you know it's <laughs> just just as it all started to look rosy. No, listen, I want you know I want Palace players to succeed. So yeah, absolutely. Let's hope he does it. 
Mm, yeah, really um, would be nice to see any of them come back with something. And he was must be gutted after last time, after having such a good tournament and getting pipped in the final. Um, talking about, well, former Palace players. Um, Ishmael is gone. Ask if he's been sacked by West Brom. Um, bullet dodged? We we yeah. were we were certainly talking to him at some stage, and um, quite a few Palace fans a bit unhappy that we missed out on him and got Vieira in. But I mean, West Brom are fifth, but I guess they should be probably expecting to be top in that division. Yeah, and from what I've read um, on like Twitter and that, they're, they're not playing the same sort of football. They weren't playing the same sort of football that he played at Barnsley, and apparently. He's just a sort of manager where when it wasn't going great and it obviously needed to be changed, he just didn't change it. So they oh. turned on him pretty quickly. And I think he he's had a row with Sam Johnston, their goalie, who's one of or probably the the you know, the best player at the club. Um so it just sounds like one of those things where it's not going great and then he does that, it's sort of like the final nail in the coffin, isn't it? Although yeah. I think they I think the the actual final nail in the coffin was losing to Millwall. So, oh, yeah, that should be the not final great. on anyone's coffin. And um, going to be potentially replaced by Steve Bruce, <laughs> who I think um, retired from playing the season Ishmael signed for Palace or maybe the season after that. So, um, massive age difference there. Um, Albert, this is mental that this just continues this whole merry-go-round of that core of managers who you got in that. So, yeah. Your Pardews, your Allardyces, your Hodgson's, your Mark Hughes's, all managing the same sort of seven clubs, basically. Yeah, Warnock, Poulis, all of all of them. Um, where's Warnock now? Is he still at Borough or did he go? No, he it, went. He's gone, but I did read today that he's put his name forward for the Sunderland job. <laughs> he said, I'd, I'd be happy to manage Sunderland. So just last, give me a Last call. job in football. Yeah, he's still got he's still got a few of those signed pictures in his bum bag that he needs to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, Clatter, <laughs> cluttering up the place. Gets gets like stickers to put over the Middlesbrough badge, so it just is a Sunderland crest instead. Waste not, want not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a the, the it'd be weird to think that you know fast forward five ten years when you know not being horrible, some of those names that you've listed will probably be dead. <laughs> like, who's going to who's gonna be the new manager? Who, who's going to be that new, like, managerial merry-go-round rat pack? You know, we're going to be like, oh, Eddie Howe's rocked up again. Or, like, who, who's, who's it going to be? Mm. Well, there's far fewer. I guess D- Dean Smith is already ticking yeah. a few of them off. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, Eddie Howe's a likely candidate, I guess, just because of his age. Um, he's going to be knocking around a bit. Lampard might have a... Yeah, have I was going to say Lampard. <laughs> yeah, Lampard for sure. Yeah, so um, there's there's plenty waiting in the wings, I think, to take over the mantle. Um, but it's not an easy thing to do, you know. It's a very um, bespoke skill, I guess. And be interesting to see if others can do it. What, Don't. being shy... <laughs> Getting paid to fuck just off, not, just not shy enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Well, maybe another person who'd be in with a shout is Kevin Phillips, who has got his first managerial job. Yep, South Shields. Um, no, no entitlement there. No, ju- no jumping in at <laughs> championship level or anything. 
down and dirty in the nitty gritty of the north east west south you just said south shield you just said <laughs> you look uh, you look stupid yeah totally um but yeah good so good luck to kevin phillips up there oh uh, down there down down there, there. <laughs> whatever mate um Wait, South Shields is in the North East, right? I'm not going nuts. It, yeah, it's it's <laughs> near Newcastle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it's got South... Listen, move on. Move on, move on. South Shields is... It'll be, you'll be telling us that Watford's in London next, Albert. No, no, I won't. Unsurprisingly, South Shields appears to be right next to North Shields. <laughs> Stewart's uh... inquiry, please. The River Tyne separates them. There you go. So it is in the northeast. But anyway, good luck to Kevin Phillips up there. Um, <clears throat> transfer news. Lots of obviously deadline days happened. We've had lots of comings and goings. Um, start of a former Palace player. <laughs> former favourite of the pod, Max Meyer, has <laughs> not even made it a Fenerbahce. They've, they've loaned him out to... Um, Mitliad, mit, mit, Mitliad, Mitterland, I think is it. Mitterland, Mitterland sounds more like it actually. That's a name. I sounds like South I've Mitterland. South <laughs> <laughs> um, They're fucking going south if they're signing Max Meyer. That's for sure. Um, like, do we? Do we have to it, admit? It just needs more game time. <laughs> I was going to say, do we have to admit that actually maybe he wasn't that good? He yeah. wasn't that good. Yeah, but did I mean? There is an argument that being left out for three years in the cold in the time that he needed to be developing his game was probably not ideal. I'll take that. I'll take that. We were right. We were right. Uh, Albert's just not having it, is he? Like, not having it. Jesus. Where does he he rank in overpaid flops at Palace? Like, top of the park. Was it 86 grand a week or whatever? Oh, Oh, I wish you hadn't told me that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, just another fucking overhyped <laughs> Jose Campagna. Jose Campagna, um, who's yeah. actually really good now. Well, he, got, go. he, he didn't get left to rot for three years. He went and actually got regular game time in his formative years and actually managed to turn into a, somewhat of a decent player. <laughs> Fair enough. But he's, you know, Max Mai has just been a complete... <laughs> Not just at Palace, as as this this whole story has only highlighted. So <laughs> uh, <clears throat> there was a signing for Flamengo in South America. Um, Felipe Luis signed for Flamengo, and during his press conference, a journalist was viewing a video on his phone and got caught out by the porn sound prank. <laughs> do you know Do you know what porn sound I'm talking about? The famous one that's all over all the videos. S- sounds like this. <laughs> Can you play that again, please? <laughs> <laughs> of course, Jean-Philippe Mateta has signed permanently on a four and a half year deal, which means I've now got four and a half years worth of usage. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, I, now I know how Billion feels every time he plays Colgate advert. What this get one? Ten times longer cooling with Colgate Plaques mouthwash. Now, yeah, but at least he gets paid for it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
he's probably got another four quid there or something. Yeah, just speak to his agent. So, Albert, were you happy with Mateta signing? Do you think it makes sense or still unsure about him? I think I think at that nice price, it's 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 a worthy a worthy deal to make. You know, we're not again, we're not blessed with huge amount of options up front, and for seven million quid, you know, if he can kind of develop a bit more and you know maybe become a bit more prime time Ben Teke, you know, it'd be a good investment. I, 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 it's definitely there's definitely something there, and you know, if it if it still doesn't work out in a year, eighteen months time, you know, it's not the biggest outlay, but he seems to want to be here. He seems to enjoy being here a bit more. I mean, the Millwall goal slash celebration will will live long in the memory, you know. And that's not even thinking about the the rascal Brighton goal. <laughs> um, yeah, I I, th- I think it's worthwhile. Mm, yeah, and I think just that sort of money is squad player kind of average now these days in the Premier League level. Teams want to make you pay that sort of money and he's got a couple of goals under his belt and it's Albert's touched on it there Heskiff it's all the players still talking about really enjoy being at Palace um, even now that we've had quite a bit of a turnover in players it seems like the core the core values of the club has remained and players are enjoying being part of part of the Palace team yeah it does and even you know like I watch the training videos sometimes on YouTube and they all they all seem to be having a lot more of a laugh, and not, you know, not to slight what happened in previous seasons because I'm sure they didn't hate it, but it definitely looks like everyone's really enjoying going into training every day and, you know, playing the way that we play. So yeah, I mean, whenever you hear interviews with players, they always say, "Oh, it's a good group of lads" or whatever. But it does, it does seem pretty genuine this time. So lots mm. of positive signs, indeed. And hopefully that'll be a good environment for old Plange to come in <laughs> next season. Uh, <laughs> Albert is another youth talent plucked from the championship, adding to the list of Eze and Elise in recent years. Um, and of course, this one comes about from what Wayne Rooney's called us taking advantage of a team in trouble, even though we, you know, we've paid a lot more than we necessarily had to for a someone who's played eight games out of contract. So how do you feel now that the shoe's on the other wide fitting foot? <laughs> well, it's a bit rich from a granny shagger, you know, talking about taking advantage of the, <laughs> the vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to let that one marinate. Um, oh, what an image. It's a business. It's a business. We've obviously paid a price that, Derby and the administrators are happy with it's a million pound. We know what it's like on that side of the fence, and you know, I, I didn't hear anybody fucking playing the violins for us mm. when we lost Klein and fucking Moses and Fonte. You know, it, it happened to us several times over, and you know, a million quid isn't anything to be sniffed at. Uh, and we've let him stay there on loan. And, and is it true we're picking up the wages? Because again, you know, we wouldn't. Didn't necessarily have to do that. So, all, all things considered, that you know, they've still got their player, and they've got a million quid in their pocket. Yeah, and all, all you know what I've read um, from Derby fans, and essentially everyone at Derby, other than Wayne Rooney, they're all very positive about Palace and how we've gone about the deal. And like you say, picking up the wage, letting him stay with them for the whole season, 
um, and they all seem to really like him. And and apparently, I, I was going by some replies to Wayne Rooney's quote. Um, Derby nicked a couple of Wigan's players when Wigan were in, were in admin for like bargain basement prices. So they're all saying, you know, it's a bit rich for you to mm. sort of try and bin off Palace of done try to, try to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah, financially helping out more than perhaps we needed to. Um, and like Albert said, it's not like we lose. You know, they're losing Victor Moses, who was a bona fide star for peanuts at the time. So. Yeah, it's it's an exciting signing, and I I think what we've done sort of follows on from the sort of subsidising the Hartlepool fans, coaches to the cup game, and that it's good good PR at the at, at the worst, and like just a very good way to to act at best. I think. Yeah, we'll get into some more good PR when it we get talking about Hartlepool and what we've done for the fans coming down for that one. Um, <clears throat> Who should we go to next? Let's do the um, players out, youth players. So, who we got in this gift? Ollie, Ollie Webb. <laughs> oh dear. Um, Albert's just shared a picture of Paul Jewell in the um, WhatsApp group. If you if you know, then you know what picture. <laughs> sure. And, and, if, and if you and if you don't, don't go looking. <laughs> yeah, dark. Still not forgiving Derby for that, to be honest. I know it's not their fault, but you know. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a joke in there about Rams, but I'm going to let it go. Ollie Weber Heskiff has left permanently for Portsmouth from the U team, youth team. Mm-hmm, uh, but has, there were yeah. a few more that have gone out on loan. Yeah, so I guess the, the two main ones. Well, Luke Dray has gone to Burnley. Uh, Burnley, what am I talking about? I'm Christian Benteke's social media guy. Bromley, um, which is great. I mean, obviously, he was very highly thought of before before the injury, so it'd be good to see if he can sort of get games and do well there. Uh, and Rob Street has gone to Newport, who I think are doing all right, actually. I think they're at the sort of good half of the, of the table in League Two um, and came on... As a sub, I think on the weekend. Um, so yeah, he's had a good season for the twenty three. So it'd be good to see him. Hopefully, get some goals for them. Uh, and then a couple of other twenty threes have gone out. Um, Danny Imray has gone to Chelmsford, who I think we signed him from. I might be wrong with that. Uh, and Dylan Fisselton has gone to Farnborough, so sort of lower lower divisions. But good good that we're getting players out on loan because. You know, for a couple of years, none of our youth players really seem to go anywhere. So, uh, good experience for them, I think. Yeah, so Newport County currently sit third in League Two. <clears throat> um, 12, 12 points off of runaway leaders, Forest Green Rovers. Uh, but yeah, well up there. Um, I must confess, Dylan Fittleton. Yep. Oh? <laughs> mm, I think he's a right back. This is where I'm showing that yeah, no, I should spend... at, least you, at least you know his name. I'm, um, <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, none the wiser to who that is. Um, but we'll go with right back until you panic to look at me and say, no, actually, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's, I guess, the final thing to talk about that's happened since the last pod Albert's Golden Boys. Hey. 
There you go. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> He's back. Um, how are we feeling about it, Albert? <sighs> Good luck to him. Good luck to them. No hard feelings, boy. Um, shout out to James Lane on Twitter, who responded by saying, I reckon Mrs. Roy just wants Elton John farewell gig tickets, and this was the only way Roy could get him. <laughs> I think this was in response to me showing a video where Ray Lewington was wearing tracksuit bottoms, not shorts, during a training session. Which He's clearly not taking means it seriously. Not taking it seriously, exactly. Um, Their training weird. ground right next, right next to my son's school, so I'll be sure to, you know, if I see him, to send him your best. Oh, maybe that's why he's got to wear trousers. That's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's in a lot better position with Watford than he was when he came into us, for example. Um, so you could see why it would appeal to him. I think there's a good chance he can keep him up, really, and, you know, put... The, the, to, I, I saw today that the, the first thing they've done is that Ozan Tufan guy... <laughs> <laughs> who we were linked with every window for like five years. The first thing that's happened is he's been, his loan's been cancelled and he's been sent back to Turkey. So and it's like Dougie was trying to shove him down my fucking throat for four years at Palace. <laughs> you can fuck right off back to Turkey. You're supposed Let's to be not at take... an airport. Let's not take the piss here. <laughs> Let's not take the fucking piss here. He's, um, <laughs> he, well, he's, he said, you can go back and fucking replace Max Meyer at Fenerbahce, you dickhead. I hope you have. I hope you have a nice flight. <laughs> wow. Uh, um, but yeah, as I say, what I like about it is that it's sort of everyone would have written Watford off was definitely relegated before that, but now it jeopardizes the likes of Newcastle keeping them down there. Uh, who's how long the how long the contract is? Is it just to the end of the season? Or no, I can't imagine he would have done that. I would imagine he would have done at least two years. Or like two and either a year and a half or two and a half years. In in practice with their owners. Yeah. Probably March. Well I thought they've sacked him in the past as well, haven't they? He was um At Udinese. Udinese, yeah. Um let's have a look what he's getting at Watford. But yeah, you say hopefully he's just there for the payout. I don't know. Um, it's a long it's a long drive from Croydon to to, you know, Watford as I can you know, as I can uh, vouch for. We might have to lift share. Uh, uh, carpool all the way. Yeah. Um, well, we've got to play Watford twice this season still because of COVID cancellations. So um, are we are we all looking forward to him Roy balling us and them scoring with their only shot on target in well, a one 0 win? If it's going to go one of two ways, it's either that or Mateta's going to score a hat trick and go over and get up <laughs> in his face and um, just boot and him well, like the corner karate flag. Karate kick him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roy's um, neck just swallows his foothold, <laughs> doesn't let it go. <laughs> uh, no, I don't mean to disrespect Roy. Come on now. Um, but you did. What? <laughs> what uh are you trying to talk no i just said but you did oh right sorry you just cut out um but i did yeah i apologize um kevin friend is the last one he's been um demoted from fixtures after his debacle against liverpool 
um, the next round of Premier League fixtures, he is nowhere to be seen. I think he's been put into the Championship, which is a weird kind of punishment in itself. Um, I'm kind of over it, Heskiff. How, how do you feel? I mean, things don't affect me as long as they used to before. I would have still been fuming about that four years later, back in the day. But um, just in a long line of incompetence from a long line of incompetent referees. Yeah, I, I, I was over it. It's funny you mentioned it today. I was over it until someone mentioned it today. Some One of my mates WhatsApp me and mentioned it. And then I started talking about it and then got pissed off again. So I guess I'm not over it. Um, but yeah, all this, like, oh, he's not, he's not reffing this week or he's reffing in the championship. Great. And that, that doesn't, <laughs> that, that doesn't help Palace, does it? So, you know, I just, what I don't, what I don't get is I know it was a, gen, a generally inept performance, but obviously the big talking point was the, the penalty decision. But what I don't get, and I, listen, I am, this is going to sound like I'm defending Kevin Friend and I'm really not. No, he called. He he didn't call it as a penalty, mm. and it was only it was only when he was instructed to go and look at it by VAR, and we all know what happened there. You know, I feel like it almost subconsciously just changes their mind. Like he he got the initial call correct, and it was only the mechanics of VAR that sort of yeah. made him change his mind, which well, feels a bit strange. The ref's been called to the monitor forty nine times this season, and has gone with the. VAR 100% of the time, 49 out of 49. And what it could have been a great chance there for him to just, just show some fucking backbone because everyone yeah. knows, everyone knows it's not a penalty. Like you just see the outpouring after of just from everyone in football. The only, let's say the only people thought it was a penalty was the VAR ref, Diogo Jota and Klopp because Jota said it was a penalty. <laughs> 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 so other than that but behind closed doors Klopp can't be honestly saying he thinks that's a penalty no way no not a chance and I, and I do think I, I know that it was like referees need to come out after after the games to explain themselves I, personally I don't I don't subscribe to that but I do think in those instances where the referee has been advised to go and you know communicate with the, the video ref and watch the thing I do think those recordings should be either whatever you want to call it transcribed released because it's one thing for it's one thing to say i think you should look at that again you know just to be just to make sure you're sure and it's another thing for someone else on the end of it to say that's definitely a penalty kev uh you should give that like i feel like you need to hear that exchange you know what 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 the back and forth is there what the justification is and to you know just to see how that decision has been made um yeah. And, um, is that going to happen though? Probably not. Yeah, and of course, um, your point there was the crux of my last BBC article that I wrote. <laughs> Can we cut this bit out? Can we cut this bit out? <laughs> Can we cut this bit out? Um, you every week, had... every week, I seem to t- inadvertently segue for you into the big BBC clang drop. <laughs> um, I'm getting sick of it. Of course, you um, in the WhatsApp group, you uh, sent a little video for how you think the VAR might have sounded, the VAR conversation. Should we have a little listen to this? (laughs) 
not me, mate. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> that was um, Craig Porson talking to yeah. Kevin Friend, obviously. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I say I'm I'm kind of over it. I just laugh at it when I see it now. I'm just happy that the rest of the world laughed at it as well. And um, yeah, did hope... you say that in your article? Is that uh, no? I was just the I'd say the article was mainly just saying we need to we just need to hear these conversations because I thought I didn't. There's if we can hear that as that's going on you're going to hear the gasps from the crowd and you, like, it'll be good to see how you feel about your view then when 26,000 people in attendance, including Liverpool fans, just laughing, being like, what are you talking about? That's never a penalty. And you hear everyone shouting, he's run into the player because that's exactly what you'd hear. Um, yeah. Yeah, completely. I mean, when they trialled VAR, was it in like a, was it in like, when, I mean, I'm going back a few years. They Didn't they trial it in like, the community, whatever it's called now, the community shield between United and Chelsea. Mm. And they, I don't know if it was VAR, but they def- I remember definitely they re- they released the audio of the ref, the ref's conversation with the, whatever you want to call it, video assistant, fourth official. And they kind of released it as like a case study in how, you know, how they, how they talk, how they communicate. And it's like, so it clearly can be done. And I think, and I, I think it's a, I think it's a good way to sort of, I like VAR as a principle. I think it's just being used appallingly. And I think that's a good way yeah. of sort of tightening it up and making sure it, it sort of, it's itself is held to a. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's having a coughing fit. I hope he's okay. I'm fine. How are you feeling? Does he feel better now? Oh, he's still going. <laughs> but no, exactly. No, okay. you, you're right. <laughs> it's okay. But no, it's, um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I like the principle of VAR. Just again, I think it's being implemented poorly, and there's better ways to go around it. Uh, if the whole clear and obvious language, and then Porson viewed it 17 times before he sent it down to be viewed by Kevin Friends, it's not fucking clear and obvious, is it? So, yeah, exactly. Know. It's it's you look at it. You get you get shown three angles. You get shown them once. And you have to make the call within 60 seconds. And if yeah. it can't be made after 60 seconds, it's not clear and obvious and the original decision should stand. Done. Yes, Sorted. With the, like, the countdown clock running in the background. Preferably. <laughs> On-field decision stands. Yeah, something like that. Right, so yeah, let's get into Hartlepool then. Um, coming up from Lee 2, having a fair old decent season. Heskid have... Um, Made the semi-final of the Papa John's Trophy and um, beating little old Charlton on penalties in the quarter-final. Not bad going there. Um, which means this season they've beaten teams from League 2, League 1 and the Championship. So that only leaves one professional league left. Yeah, they're doing really well. I, I, I was, um, I was even for me, fairly confident um, when the draw was made. But after hearing that stat, uh, as you guys know, and, and apparently Clinton Morrison knows, I'm now worried that we're going to be the giant killing scalp uh, of the round. So hopefully they, you know, they'll just be happy to have their big day out in the tiny little concourse at Sellers Park and <laughs> let us win and make sure that my mental health is uh, is not suffering too much. Yeah, we've got um, they've got 4,700 people coming down to watch. Um, all, all with coach travel subsidised by Palace. I think they've made it half price and the tickets as well have been sub- subsidised for them. Um, 
47,000, 47,000, 4,700 people is more than Hartlepool's average attendance has been for the last decade. The last time they had an average attendance higher than that was 4,900 in the season 2011, 2012, when they were in League One. So that's the the pull pull of saying AFCON's Jordan Ayew. Yeah. That's what that Um, is. So, yeah, it's very um, going to be a big day out for them, obviously, after the initial couple of Hartlepool journalists who wanted to suggest it was a terrible tie, but uh, <laughs> probably not feeling that way anymore. Um, so really looking forward to it. Like The fact that we've sold it out is just incredible. Um, obviously, just a splattering of tickets left to go um, in the Homesdale, and that will be it. So I'm sure that'll all be gone by the time the game comes around. So really giving the FA Cup the treatment that it deserves and um, you can just see the excitement. You know, it's kind of what Roy missed out on in the later parts by just sort of sacrificing it for the um, the league survival and all of that because we love to get behind a good FA Cup run and hopefully that's where we're, um, we're going. That's what we're embarking on at the moment. Who knows, another trip to Wembley. So if Hartlepool just allow us this one, then they can win their semi-final in the Papa John's and go to Wembley anyway. So everyone's happy. Everyone's a winner. I think they play Rotherham in the semi-final. Um, uh, Victoria, what's that stadium called? Victoria, not Victoria Park. That's where I live. The Victoria Ground, something like that. Um, <clears throat> it is the ninth anniversary today on the day of recording, which is the 2nd of the 2nd, 2022. And it's also 22-22 on the clock right here. <laughs> Lots of twos going about. It's nine year anniversary since the infamous moment when Hartlepool won a game 2-1 with goals from Peter Hartley and James Paul. You never seen this? No. There's a picture of them side by side. It just says Hartlepool. Um, yeah, and they both scored in that order as well. Hartley, then Paul scored the goals. <laughs> it's day one, two, one. Classic. And talking of classics, it's 10 years to the day since um, a certain Danny Butterfield scored a perfect hat-trick. Oh. Oh. Take that, Wayne Hennessy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Remember that like it was yesterday, Albert? Yeah, I I wasn't there, though. I I watched it on TV. Was it on TV? It must have been. Yeah. Yeah, that was mad. And I always, I always like to go back and someone sort of cobble together the Paul Merson, mm. co- I guess it's, I guess you want to say commentary from uh, Sky Sports News soccer. Well, it's not it was soccer Saturday for want of a better term. And yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was amazing. And to, to and to think with what all else was going on around the club at that time as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it was humongous because then obviously got us Villa at Sellers, and then we earned the replay and. Villa Park was pretty much sold out for the replay as well. So it was um, much Valentine's Day, wasn't it? The home fixture. I remember that because it was one of the first dates I took my now wife on. So thank you, Darren Ambrose. He smashed it in. He smashed it in from 30 yards. No. And then then we went for dinner after. Just get your minds out of the gutter. Yeah, I think you should have a long, long, hard think about that one before you make that joke, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But back to Hartlepool, their form, not so good since they beat Blackpool in the cup. Well, I say not so good. They haven't lost, but they also haven't won. 
um, drawn all the games, obviously beat Charlton on penalties eventually. Um, Hesk, if this is another one that will go to penalties if full time and extra time is level. I hope it doesn't. <laughs> um, because you want to replay in midweek away in Hartlepool that we can get a yeah. team into. New ground, exactly. New ground. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be a bit upset if it go if it goes to penalties, not least because we'd probably lose them. Yeah. It'd be really weird if we went up to Hartlepool as well with you because um, after thinking that the French were monkeys um, and then finding out what French people actually like, they'll be confused to meet a South London French French person. <laughs> yeah. They still might not understand me. Yeah. But for you let, you'll end up hanging from a lamppost. You are quite hairy as well. That's the that's the that's the, the risk that you run. Mm. This is a character assassination today. What's going on? Hairy, that's not that's not character based. That's just uh, face based. Uh whatever, fine. Carry on, move on. Uh, obviously we want to as you say there, move on into the next round of the FA Cup. But you also want to see some minutes for some youngsters um, against lower league opposition. And Jez Saki did not go out on loan. Um, so you've got to think that if they're not going to get in minutes elsewhere, because it's obviously the under-23s, he's just annihilating it whenever he plays at that level. Um, so Albert, do you think this is the perfect game to give him some minutes in, maybe a half an hour at the end, depending how the game's going, or you know, maybe even some time from the start? Yeah, I, I I wouldn't start him to be honest. Just you know, I'd like to see a, a, a stronger, more established team, even if it's kind of you know, some of our. I mean, I don't think we've got a full second string, but we'll call it our second string. Um, but yeah, listen, totally open to players like that coming on and getting half an hour at the end. Like if you say under twenty threes, he's kind of he's smashing it. So you know, Hartlepool you know, arguably are around probably, you know, a similar level. So yeah, like get him on and see what he can do because, you know, you've got to try these players at some point. And if you can't do it at home to Hartlepool, even if it's a half hour, 20 minutes at the end, then like you say, when, when is it going to happen? Mm. So again, I, I'd, I'd love to talk more about Hartlepool. I, I don't know much about them. <laughs> I just hope, um, I say much for me. I want a full strength team. I want to, I want to progress. I want to get through. Um, see Mateta kicking some corner flags will do it nicely um, Heskiff you can take mm. the honours on the first prediction I think Palace are going to win uh, well I don't know what to do now because I never never predicted that uh, uh, let's say 3-1 mm. well the last time the last time Hartlepool visited us in the cup they beat us at Celeste so with that in mind, Albert, what's it going to be? Well, but league games, they've I think they've not won in five. I think there's been a lot of draws in there. Uh I I I'm very close to Sam's prediction. I'm going to, I'm going to go 3-0 Palace. Not saying it's going to be easy, but I think we'll I think 3-0 should be it should be a comfortable win. Mm. I'll go I'll go 5 We'll be, we're doing for five. Yeah. Much like I said against Millwall, we've got the players to, um, and we played a style of football to smash lower league opposition off the park, just like we did with Millwall, uh, eventually, I guess, in the second half for a small period of time. But yeah, no, at Celeste, I just think we'll be too much for them. Um, 
part of me doesn't want to hammer them 5-0 because I want them to have a bit of a day out. Maybe, maybe take the lead and we come back and win 3-1 would be nice. But um, yeah, I think we'll just have a bit too much room. Uh, but we shall wait and see on Saturday. Hope everyone enjoys the game. <clears throat> Hope you've enjoyed the pod. Thank you for listening. Uh, it's nice to be back after a couple of weeks off. All normal services resume next week. Uh, really recommend heading over to Back in the Nest YouTube channel. Um, turns out one of DR's mates from school plays for Hartlepool and he's got him on the show. He's, so of course he does. So there's going to be a video of DR interviewing his friend talking about Hartlepool. So they'll be able to give you a lot more insight on the monkey hangers than I can. Um, thank you for the story, Albert, at the start. Really nice to... You're welcome. Really good, good kickoff to the pod this week. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll be back next week. Um, we've got Brentford. No, we've got no. Norwich next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. So we will be... Yeah, previewing, reviewing that on Thursday, I imagine, and previewing Brentford on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. New, new ground there. We got one new ground in this year. Indeed. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Um, congratulations to everyone who got a ticket. It was quite quite a saga in the first time. Lorty points were 8,000 or over for the first tier. So, um mm. Something maybe maybe something will have to be done about that at some point, but that's another topic for another day. So, look until next it will <clears throat> Thursday evening, Friday Thursday night, Friday morning for your ears. Up the palace. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport powered by fans.